Hi, everybody. We're so excited to have another interview for you today. Today, we are talking with Michael Yaversky, composer of the new uh, Netflix series, Ivy and Bean, as well as many other projects. And uh, Michael, thank you so much for coming and talking with Rotoscopers and, and, uh, and telling us a little bit about your career. Oh, it's my pleasure. I'm really honored to be here. <laughs> yeah, what we like to do is we like to get to know our guests. And so tell us a little bit about how you got started uh, as a composer. What got you on that path? Wow, that's, I mean, that's Big a question, very, I know. Yeah, that's a, <laughs> that's a, it's going to be a, hopefully I'm going to keep it brief and not go, <laughs> okay. but, but um, basically I, I started uh, playing clarinet when I was like seven years old. And then I sort of started teaching myself the piano when I was nine. And then I started writing like when I was probably about 12 or 13, I just, I came home from music class one day and wanted to write a piece for all the instruments in my music elective class at high school. And I, I don't know what compelled me. I still have no idea. Like if I think back to it, it's like, why, why did I want to write something? It's just such an odd thing to do, but I did. And, um, and the rest is kind of history, but, um, but I didn't really get drawn to film particularly until later when I went to, um, to do uh, to the Australian film television and radio school. And that's where, you know, cause I just finished up like a formal composition, like music degree, classical music. And then, you know, I was sort of unsatisfied with that. And I went to, you know, went to film school and met all these fantastic directors and producers and writers and cinematographers. And I was like, nah, this is where I want to be. So how did you even get started playing? You said the clarinet, that was your first, did, did yeah. you like see it and tell your parents, oh, I want to play the clarinet? That's right. <laughs> so, so I think at my primary school, which is what we call them in Australia, um, elementary, I think here would, they had auditions for the concert band. And, you know, I think my, cause there's not really much music in my family directly. So they were, I think my parents were like, well, don't you want to just play something fun? Don't you want to play one of those big brass instruments like the tuba or something? And I was like, no, I, I and again, I don't even remember, you know, it's sort of a this weird sense of, I was compelled. I was like, I'm either going to play the flute or the clarinet. That was it. Yeah. I just, I don't even understand why. <laughs> so I, so I did. And then, you know, um, my brother actually, you know, cause, because I was the clarinet player, I think my brother was going to be the piano player ended up spending more time on the piano than he did. And it just went from there. Mm -hmm. Well, that's cool that your parents were like, yeah, let's give it a shot. Well, they thought they were like, really the clarinet, that doesn't seem like as fun as the big shiny brass instruments, but you know, <laughs> they paid for all the music lessons. So, you know, uh -huh. they were uh, I, I honor them every day. <laughs> uh -huh. That's great. Uh, so yeah, you started writing music also pretty young. It sounds like experimenting with it. Yeah, I mean, that's the thing. It was, it was, you know, I think there was, there was something about music composing that I was kind of drawn to, you know, um, look, in a sense, I think to be a professional musician, I think you sort of need to start early, you know, uh -huh. to get the runs on the board before, you know, before embarking on a professional career, even to get into college, you know, you have to finish high school with a certain amount of stuff kind of done to sort of, to show that you're really interested in, like in, in, in pursuing it. Otherwise I think a lot of the colleges, particularly in Australia, wouldn't even consider you. And I wasn't even thinking about that. I was just having fun. I was writing for my music class and just trying out different instrument combinations and just kind of, it was more being silly with it. And then mm -hmm. I realized that people actually wanted to listen to it. It's like, wow. <laughs> It's even better. <laughs> Did you have favorite composers that you particularly said you weren't that into film as a young age, but uh, did you have composers that you 
Well, uh, I know it, I was always into film. I wasn't that, mm. into, I, I just didn't, I never really considered like composing for film. Mm -hmm. I do recall um, that I went to see, um, I think it was a revival of Star Wars with my dad. And this is just as I was starting the band auditions and we walked out of it and, and he said to me like, what do you think of the music? Wasn't that cool? And I was like, yeah. And he was like, you could do that one day. Oh, that's mean? sweet. And so like, and I sort of filed that away. Like I never really thought about it until, you know, I saw the ad in the, in the paper for the, for the film music course at, you know, the Australian Film Television Radio School. And then I was like, oh, okay, maybe give this a go. <laughs> so you graduated from high school and then started and then did this course at this, this well summer. no I graduated from high school and then I actually did four years of uh, an honors degree in um classical very very formal um uh composition music education at um at oh, okay. university so I was studying with uh, a couple of Australia's most acclaimed sort of concert composers one of them is unfortunately passed now but but I went for them, you know, and particularly to study with them. And it was, yeah, so I, I sort of came out of it with this, you know, very rigid and um, formal training, which I'm really proud to have. Mm -hmm. but, but I sort of, at the same time, was like, I still want to know some practical elements. Like, what can I do with it? Mm -hmm. <laughs> Were you thinking at that point, oh, I'm going to do symphony, uh, that kind of a thing? or? Uh... Well, that was the thing, you know, I think the the... I, I guess I knew that I didn't really want to be um, exclusively a symphonic composer. It, I mean, it's a very, very tough competitive mm -hmm. career and not that film isn't, it is as well. It's just that I sort of was looking for, for, for different avenues of like how, you know, how can I, what can I do with this, with this education and with this, with this love of music that mm -hmm. I have? And I think media composing, whether it was for film, television, advertising, mm -hmm. you know, any kind of drama, or even the theatre, you know, I think I was actually pursuing the theatre quite avidly for a while. So I was mm -hmm. just looking for ways to get the music out into the world that wasn't necessarily traditional. So after you took this course in film composing, uh, what was your next step that uh, from there to be able to kind of get things going? Well, the wonderful thing about um, afters, that's what everyone calls it in Australia, it's the Australian Film Television and Radio School, um, mm -hmm. was that you meet people who are at the same level with you uh, and it, it's actually a very selective process to get into the school. And mm -hmm. so the as a result of that, I'm still friends with these people today, even mm -hmm. half you know halfway across the world. I've you know I've moved to Los Angeles since then, but um, but the but I still work with the same people mm -hmm. who, who I was in class with. You know, so it's just it's it, it's almost like an apprenticeship for the industry, and you know it's the beginning of relationships that form you know and last for many years. Hopefully, so you know we got out of we got out of film school, and you know within a year I was getting calls from some of my friends going, hey. I've got this short film or I've got this documentary. Would you like to compose for, you know, let me try you out on this television show. I've managed to like talk your way in, you know. So, um, <laughs> you know, it was it was sort of, I mean, it takes a long time. It was baby steps, but, but it was that network that sort of was created that, you know, you just build on and build on and build on. Film is a very um, social kind of medium in the sense that, you know, like it's the old adage that it's who you know, and that really is true. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. So is it harder to write for episodic television than for film? Or they both have their own challenges? Yeah, they both have their own challenges. I think the 
the it's more the pro it's it's the projects themselves that that vary. So mm -hmm. you can have a film that's you know you just very easy you know you just want some sort of ambient type sounds and nothing that's really going to intrude because let's say the source music is doing all the heavy lifting in the film you know uh and then you might have a television series where you're having to write in multiple genres you know like full orchestra kind of you know uh on a very very tight timeline on the other hand you know like this project ivy and bean was was uh, three um, three different films with three different kind of musical genres, you know, all recorded within the space of six months. It's you know, mm -hmm. it's this 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 um, uh, yeah, this film is constantly challenging. But that's why I love it because I get bored otherwise. Yeah, when you're doing an episodic show, do you just hear from the director every week? Okay, this is what we need. These are the beats that we need. Or how does that all kind of work? Yeah, so on an episodic show, most of the time you're actually working with someone called the showrunner. And so yeah. they, they, um, they're sort of above the director. Sometimes they can be one of the directors, but often the showrunner mm -hmm. is the person that you that you as a composer that you interact with the most and they're, right. they're sort of the creative lead on the show and even if you know a director may come in and let's say there's an eight episode series and a director has directed two episodes of that series there's still there's still the showrunner keeping the eye on the other six so a director might say hey I would like this here and this here and the showrunner not necessarily may disagree but 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 may sort of say well actually I think this is a thematic moment because of something that happens in episode six and you know we're only in episode two so maybe we could set up a theme here for the you know they just keep an eye on on the overall arc of the series mm -hmm. so um, of course, with a feature film or with a series of feature films, the director is the creative lead. So, right, right. Uh, so for Ivy and Bean, this seems like it has a young, whimsical energy. Was mm. that what was that like to write for it? Well, you know, I've been working with the director Alyssa Down since her very, very first film in two thousand and seven. Showing my age now, um, and um, we, we, we just we have this kind of shorthand, like I know her humor. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I know what she finds funny. I know, I know what kind of music she likes, you know, she likes, she likes sound, she likes um, really, really catchy melodies. She likes sort of fun, upbeat energy, music that doesn't take itself too seriously, but can get really emotional when it needs to. And that's, knowing that it sort of gives me a really great head start with any project that's that we work together on because i'm like i already know the, the type of music that's that you're going to be attracted to but mm -hmm. even so you're still trying to find the language for every single project like mm -hmm. the the last film that we did was sort of was an uh, there were older characters there were sort of teenage girls sort of um uh high, they were sort of their senior year of high school um so this is a lot younger and so we were looking for a language that could draw really strong themes out of for each character, but had that sense of fun, danger, excitement, but also was able to move. So like the first movie um, is sort of more, has more of an, an adventurous kind of sound. The second movie has more of a ghost-like almost supernatural sound and the mm -hmm. third one you know, leans into ballet and actually quotes from some famous ballets along the way. Mm -hmm. The idea was, you know, to vary the sounds of the score, but like you say, keep it whimsical and fun. 
Are you a fan of Rachel's reviews? Do you look forward to family movie night, female film critics panels, or the Talking Disney podcast? If so, please consider supporting the podcast by becoming a patron. As a patron, you get to access monthly events such as the watch alongs and Q and A's where you get to talk to stars and find out the behind the scenes of the movie making industry. And you can pick what I review for family movie night, or even become a guest on the podcast. Podcasts and YouTube channels are expensive and I really, really could use your help. I would so appreciate it. You also get to be a member of the Facebook group where we talk about all the films that we're seeing and we have so much fun. Go to patreon.com slash hallmarkies and select one of the Rachel's fan tiers. That's patreon.com slash hallmarkies. Is it hard sometimes to know, okay, what instrument to use for different, uh, different parts of the composition? Yeah, that's a really good question, especially when you've got an orchestra, you've got so many instruments to choose from. <laughs> what I find that helped is, is just working with the pictures, because when you're, you know, you, you get the movie to, to, to look at and watch multiple times. And, you know, nowadays, we have this incredible software that we can write, you know, we can sort of pretend to play any instrument at all, put the sound up against the screen. And mm -hmm. in fact, um, you know, I'm a clarinet player, but I don't really like using clarinet in my mm -hmm. schools like I tend to avoid it but on these films like these characters just ate up the clarinet like they mm -hmm. love the clarinet <laughs> <laughs> so, so I was like more clarinet and every time Alyssa was like what's that instrument I'm like it's the clarinet she's like let's have more of that so <laughs> clarinet everywhere on these scores yeah well so. maybe because it's it's tapping into your childhood and that's what you played as a kid you know what there's there's, there's probably something in that <laughs> yeah <laughs> That's interesting. Uh, so you also did the, some uh, for the Cabinet of Curiosities that's coming out hmm. with Guillermo del Toro. Yeah, I did uh, one of the episodes. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. One of those. It's it's like a series of shorts, correct? Uh, they're no, they're episodes. They're not that. Oh, okay. There are like my episode was uh, an hour. So yeah. Oh, okay, okay. Can't they have different directors it, each of right. the episodes, right? Right. So I did a horror film with uh, called The Vigil with um, Keith Thomas, who mm -hmm. a couple of years ago, uh, and we had a great experience. It was a lot of fun, a lot of music in that film, too. Mm -hmm. uh, very different to Ivy and Bean, yeah. <laughs> as you can imagine. And yeah. so, yeah, no, I was delighted. He asked me back. He rang me and said, I've got this other project. Do you want to have a look at this? Mm -hmm. That's so. cool. Yeah, I would think that would be a, a fun, it'd be fun, fun to have the variety of all the different uh, I'm very yeah. yeah I'm very lucky in that sense because I've always had I've always had uh, uh, a range of projects come across my desk so I've been able to you know explore different parts of my own personality mm -hmm. from mm -hmm. you know like I said childlike innocence to just absolute horror mayhem mm -hmm. so and I kind of like doing both <laughs> yeah well you also were on the blind spotting series mm -hmm. uh what was that like we're actually right in the middle of series two right now so mm -hmm. um yeah it's great i mean i i scored the blind spotting movie um which uh which the series is sort of mm -hmm. not based off but it sort of takes a you know it's, it's some of the characters in you know yeah. in it's sort of it's tangentially related to the film i um, love that movie i thought it was really good yeah, i haven't it, seen the series yet but yeah, the movie, was, it was such a beautiful experience to work on that film. I actually came on board really late. I, I actually got presented with, you don't always get presented with like the, the final, final movie on a show. Like you might, you might see it early on or you might see mm -hmm. it or whatever, but Blindspotting was kind of done when it landed and I was just watching it going, 
wait, oh my God, I get to score this. This film is amazing. And the series, yeah, it was different again because I was working with um, another composer and I don't normally do that. And so, uh, yeah, we brought on Ambrose Akimusari and he was, he's just become a fantastic collaborator and mm -hmm. friend. He's, he's hugely um, successful and well-regarded in the, in the sort of, in the jazz world. He's a, he's uh -huh. a phenomenal trumpeter and composer. Um, and so it's been, uh, it's been a lot of fun and very rewarding working on the two blind spotting series with him. What's it like when you get to hear, uh, you go to the, on the big screen, you get to see and hear your music? Uh, well, yeah, we did it the other night. There was the Ivy and Bean premiere was on Monday mm -hmm. night. The, um, the, there's actually a real sense of peace when you actually mm -hmm. see it. Like when you see the film or the show finally with an audience, because, you know, the previous time that a composer has seen the film will be the, the mixed screening and people are still giving notes and making suggestions and you know like there are changes last minute and all kinds of things so you're not actually relaxed you know it's it, it's like you're sort of you're you're casting a critical eye across or critical ear <laughs> like across what you're hearing um so with uh when you actually go to a, a screening or a premiere and you see the final film there's like this sense of like there's nothing I can do you know what I mean? Like I can't make it better. I can't make it worse. I'm just, mm -hmm. you know what I mean? Like I, I'm sort of free and I can just enjoy it as an audience member. And there's something really quite almost rewarding, you know, you mm -hmm. just, wow, you know, it's like, that was, that was hard for all the, in all the best ways. And now it's done and now it's out in the world and I'm excited to see how audiences react. Mm -hmm. Do you think that you're especially cognizant of the scores when you go uh, watch other people's movies, when you go to the film, when you go to the movies? <laughs> yes <laughs> and, and actually not only that I, I I see it's like I have cast this particular illness upon everyone I know because <laughs> like and, and not even wittingly like people mm -hmm. call me and they're like Michael you know since you know since I've known you or you know ever since you went into this career I started listening to the music and, and some people are like it's great and other people are like it's really annoying <laughs> You know, it's like, yes. I just want to sit back and relax. And now I'm like concentrating on the music because I'm thinking what you would say or whatever. <laughs> like, I'm do, sorry. <laughs> do you have a favorite of, uh, of a recent film that uh, score that you especially liked? Oh, no, God. hard question. Um, that's a really hard question. <laughs> yeah, that, um, what have I loved lately? Um, I love Station Eleven. Oh, okay. The music in that was, and also the White Lotus. Those were the two. Oh. Um, there, I know they're in sort of series land, but those are the mm -hmm. two that really I just adored those two scores, you know. And they, oh. they sort of, they both felt like feature film scores to me. They, 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 were, they were just the deep and rich and beautiful. I love both those. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Well, what advice would you give to people who want to get into film music? So that's also a hard question because the, because things have changed so much nowadays mm -hmm. but it's a couple of things I would say learn as much as you can about music don't just go straight into composing for film I, I was really I think it's really valuable to 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 take the path that I did to go and study formal composition and not even think about media composing for a while like learn as much as you can go as deep into music history as you can learn as much about contemporary music as you can uh orchestration all those things first um before you even tackle film music because uh, I think I, I I meet a lot of composers who have just gone into it too early mm -hmm. uh, and second of all you know remember that this is a that this is a, a socially driven career and you need you need friends and you need colleagues who, who are working with you you need you need to seek out young directors and writers and producers and cinematographers and you need to uh and you need to work with them and you need to 
learn how to work with them because the thing is is you know it's it is a collaborative medium at its heart Mm -hmm. yeah yeah that makes sense well we're really excited about the new series about ivy bean so thank you so much for taking the time to talk with us and uh it was great 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 getting to meet you yeah you too thanks so much Rachel yes uh do you have social media or anything like that you want to share uh yes well my Instagram is my full name (laughs) so Michael Yazerski, that's Y-E-Z-E-R-S-K-I. And uh, you can find me there. <laughs> Perfect. Great. We'll have that in the description. And uh, thanks again. Thank you so much.